Welcome to Down to the Nub Live, a weekly show focusing on premium cigars and good times. With industry leaders, interviews, giveaways, and more, here are your hosts, Cigar Show Tim and Cigar Mechanic Brandon Wells. Let's get it started. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Down to the Nub Podcast. We hope that you have had a good week. We hope that we can give you a little bit of a boost and inspiration as you get started in this next week. And as Brandon sits there and meditates, I'm just going to say we can keep hope, 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 hope until he's ready to jump in and gives me the cue, even though we don't have a cue. So what's up, Brandon? Cue. Cue. <laughs> and go. And go. No, I, I was actually thinking to myself as the countdown was going in, I was taking a picture of this fine cigar while I was uh, you know, waiting for the countdown to finish for us to go. Um, I took a cold draw on the cigar that I'm smoking, and I got so excited because I was like, ooh, it's like a mango. Really? But then I realized I just applied chapstick, and I use like a, I, this time I'm using a mango chapstick, and that's what it was. It wasn't the cigar, it was my chapstick. All that's going to do if Lee Mac watches this, all that's going to do is have Lee Mac saying yet again, quit the cold draw. <laughs> Who doesn't cold? You should always cold draw, Lee Mac. What is wrong with you, man? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the cold draw mindset too, but he's, he started this whole quit the cold draw, and I was like, I, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, but then you also have like Drew Estate and, you know, and, uh, um, Cigar Prop telling you to smoke it backwards, so. We don't always have to listen to these guys that are on the YouTubes, you know, doing the reviews and telling you what to do's. Yeah, reviewers are pretty out in left field. I can attest to that. They're all idiots. Every one of them. <laughs> yes, we they are. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what are you smoking on, though? Uh, what am I smoking? Uh, I'm smoking the Rockefeller Connecticut. Um, I think this is just his core line, Rockefeller Connecticut puffing on this guy right now uh, i found this sitting in my humidor because uh while i was touring colorado kevin calls me and is like hey dude i'm in phoenix i'm headed to scottsdale let's get together and i'm like kind of a bit of a phoenix. drive for me right now so um <laughs> dude i was hoping to check out your lounge i'm like here's my address go by here's where the key is to the humidor grab something other than rockefeller because I know that you probably, you know, you smoke your stuff all the time. Grab something you want to try, dude. Dig through it. Find something in the humidor. You only have a couple to choose from. Um, yeah, right. And and have fun. So he's like, dude, are you serious? And then uh, uh, so I said, yeah, dude, go by. So he came by the lounge while I was in Colorado and hung out. And um, Patrick the Green came by. So they got to sit down and talk. So there, you got Rockefeller and Half Wheels sitting in my lounge. And nice. I'm in Colorado. So. What are you going to do? So, yeah, he said he left me some stuff, and um, I was in the Cuevas um, locker of my humidor and found, I don't know, five or six, maybe seven Rockefeller cigars just laying in there staring at me, and I thought that was really cool. That is awesome. Well, then I guess you can say he uh, smoked a Cuevas or two or three or four or six. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think he did. I don't even know what he grabbed. I honestly, I don't remember what he said he was grabbing, but um, I think it's that's not like just... you're going to be able to tell when you open your humidor. Yeah. Yeah. 
and I had most of the Cuevas with me on the trip that I that I personally had. You know, I, I take a little bit of everything that I have. So when mm-hmm. I was on the trip, I know that I emptied out the Cuevas locker because there was a couple of new accounts that I wanted to help along mm-hmm. um, that we had just opened on my last trip. So I'm like, I definitely got to bring Cuevas so we can help these go along because EP's doing well in some of these accounts and, you know, Espinosa's doing well. Cuevas is a brand new line in Colorado for everybody. So we've got to give that some love and my next tour, I'll bring out some some extra patina because we open a couple of patina accounts that go around and just nice. help these little guys out, you know? Absolutely. What are you puffing on, dude? I am puffing on something that came in the April Luxury Cigar Club uh, core box that I get every month, and it is uh, one of the newer cigars from Crux, and we had Casey on back probably, I don't know, eight or nine months ago, and so it's the Crux Limitada Redline, and I would try and do the focus thing, but it's it doesn't matter. But that's the cigar. Yeah. <laughs> it's a box press Toro, uh, and so far I'm enjoying it. It's good. Nice, probably good, medium, medium plus. So before I became a cigar broker, um, I used to smoke the living crap out of Crux. And um, they were one of the one of the first brands that, you know, when I started the Cigar Mechanic Instagram page, that followed me back, that commented on stuff. Um, they reposted my pictures. So I remember it was like, I got all tickled because they reposted my picture. You know how that is. Oh, yeah. Especially when you're just getting started. You're like, dude, I'm famous. They reposted my picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was their old packaging. And so I had taken a bunch of photos because I knew the rep out here at the time. So I was, you know, had access to them. Um, and so I had, I had taken a bunch of photos. And when I started building this lounge, Crux reached out to me um, in in a private message and said, hey, if you need anything for your lounge, let us know. We'll send it over for you. Sweet. So, like, yeah, they're talking, like, dude, if you need posters. And I'm like, actually, I'd like a couple of rocks glasses that I saw on your Instagram page. They're like, yeah, we're really not giving those away. We're talking more like posters. <laughs> <laughs> more like posters and coasters. <laughs> yeah. But they had ran a contest, and uh, for it was a best photo contest. And I, I was doing pretty good with my over filtering of my crappy photos and um i i actually won like the one of the main prizes so i got a you know the guild poster and a bunch of guild cigars and i got a whole bunch like this this big box just full of crux stuff and i thought it was the coolest thing in the world so i've always had a special place in my heart for crux and casey's a good guy and oh yeah now they've rebranded everything and they're doing a great job and and uh, they've come out with some really cool really cool packaging ideas and really cool branding ideas so yeah it's it's interesting the the new logo and how it is and i know we talked about casey because they were just in the process of overhauling all of that when we had them on um but yeah i mean the ones that i've had i've really enjoyed and this one's no different so far so the logo on that one that reminds me of the guild it's it's it reminds me of like pirates of the caribbean yeah so that that reminds me exactly of like the the guild logo when they did the guild and they first came out with that that was that that reminds me a lot of that and um i don't remember the other bands because i really liked the guild at the time so i was smoking a bunch of those um so i really don't remember a lot of the other ones i know i think they had the bull and the bear wasn't that them yes yeah so i know they had a whole bunch of other ones but i just i smoked the crap out of the guild i thought that was a really really good one and that was the contest that i won so Yay! Well, there you go. Yeah. So I don't even know where that poster is now. <laughs> it's probably rolled up in a box somewhere because I just I don't really get rid of stuff. 
No, it's it's probably in your shop garage in a box up with some other things that you have. Yeah, it's all piled up in here somewhere. One of these days, I'll go through all the crap that I have and and get rid of it. But I I, I had to build another closet. Not another one, but I had to build a closet within my garage to house all of my wife and kids' hula stuff. And then the other half of the closet is all of my, no, most, no, half of my collectibles. <laughs> no, part, is, no uh, one of four storage units. <laughs> yeah, because it is like, it, dude, literally it's totes and totes and totes of Hot Wheels and baseball and basketball memorabilia. And did you start, if you even start going through those totes, you you lose your mind for like three days. Cause I, I think I have somewhere in the realm of, I don't know, eight or 10,000 Hot Wheels. And wow. I, I've got old nine, I got, the, I have the old 1970s track sets. I have the carrying cases. I have the pop-up cities. I have some of them still with the original packaging and the boxes, nice. all that stuff. And it is piled up in a closet doing absolutely nothing but sitting there. And 30 years from now, you'll take it out and go, I wonder what it's worth. And then you'll look it up and it'll be like, wow, all these years I saved it and the whole collection's worth $25. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But but you still have it. Yeah. And, and what I do know is that like, there, I do have some stuff that, I mean, unfortunately, when people pass away, it becomes more valuable. Yeah. Um, so like a bunch of my Michael Jordan stuff, um, I know will be, will have some pretty good value at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, I've got 24 karat gold basketball court cards of Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman. There you go, taking it back to the dynasty 90s for the Chicago Bulls. Yes, did I? Did I have every, the Bulls was like one of the big collections I have. Uh, it's a whole bunch of yeah, it's mostly Jordan, but did Rodman, Jordan, Pippen, uh, mm-hmm. Stockton, all those guys like I've got just thousands upon thousands of cards. I had a problem. <laughs> Technically, you still have the problem because you haven't gotten rid of them yet. <laughs> but how do you get rid of that stuff? Like as yeah. a kid, I, I I sold avocados and I took the money and I I put some of it away to save for a car, um, and I bought that car when I was thirteen, and I put the rest of it into baseball, basketball, you know, mostly those two cards, and then I got yeah. into Hot Wheel. Yep. I, I hopefully one day these little pieces of cardboard with ink on them are worth something. Um, if not, it was fun gathering them, collecting them and having, you know, just a good time going through them and open up boxes and boxes and boxes. And I would buy, I wouldn't go buy a pack of cards. I would buy like four boxes of packs. Yeah. Or you buy the case. entire season, the entire season box of baseball. No, cards. I wanted to make my own. So I didn't buy the complete, uh, I, I bought a few complete sets, but uh-huh. I wanted to make my own. So I bought the cases of boxes and I would open up the boxes. You know, this is the stuff a store would buy to put on their shelf so you could sell oh, you yeah. a pack. Mm-hmm. No, no, I would have piles of trash of like wrappers because I'm opening and going through every one. And you know, I got 4,000 of this card, but I'm trying uh-huh. to find that one. Oh yeah. Yep. I was that kid. Yeah. Well, if you ever want to find out what your hot wheel collection is truly worth, I have a very good friend who is a designer for Mattel uh, in fact, one of his designs recently was made into uh, a Hot Wheel car. But if you ever want to find out uh, what some of that stuff is worth, I could ask around very easily. No, what I want is the car that he designed, and I want him to autograph the card for me. I can do that. Dude, if you can make that happen, 
that would be awesome because I, I literally have hot wheel cars that the card don't have a hole punched in them because they were never intended for sale to hang on the shelf um you know, you only got them at trade shows. You only got them at sort of like a craft macaroni and cheese that you could only get at a trade show one time and it had no hole punched in the cart. I've got like yeah. four of them. That's awesome. Yeah. So if you, if you, <clears throat> my buddy's name is Dwayne Vance and he's done all sorts of futuristic cars and designs and he ran his own, um, uh, what was it? Chicken scratch media for a while and did made his own art books, all sorts of things. Um, but the car that, that he designed that they came out with was called the Vansinator. Uh, and I think it just came out within the last like five or six months. So I'll, I'll have to check with Dwayne and see what I can do. My birthday's in September. There you go. <laughs> my, my kids always give me Hot Wheels for my birthday, but they're never signed by the creator. Well, I, I could give you his phone number too if you want. <laughs> oh, dude. No, I, I don't geek over it that much, but they're, they're, that would be really cool to have, you know, a mint condition, the car that he created autographed on the card. It's probably worth less that way. I just think it'd be cool to have. It's a fun collectible. It is. And people go, well, wait, wait, what's the Sharpie on there? That's the dude that drew this car. Mm-hmm. That's the dude. And they go, yeah, oh, in fact, hey, big whoop. He, and he did the artwork for uh, an event that I did gosh, probably 15 years ago now, 10, 15 years ago, it was for Toys for Tots for Christmas with one of the local newscasters here uh, that he did as a fundraiser. Uh, and Dwayne designed the poster and did all the art and all that kind of stuff on it. So it was fun working with him on that event. But yeah, he's just a good, solid guy. Good brother in the Lord. Yeah, that's cool, man. I like that. Yep. So what do you so got going you, on today, man? Um, you know, I was going to ask you the same thing, how you've been. Oh, it's yeah. It's... It's been busy. Cub Scouts is keeping us busy with the end of the the Cub Scout year this, you know, coming Saturday. Now from when this comes out, uh, you know, we'll yesterday have had the, the bridging ceremony where all the scouts cross over the bridge and it signifies the end of one year and the beginning of the next one. Um, but it'll be fun as being able to get together now and do all of that as the um, Cub Master and be able to lead all the scouts and do all those different things. I've been to a lot of the different ranking ceremonies the last couple of weeks. So that's kept me busy. Coffee's doing well. Um, and I mean, family life is good. Things are going really well. The boys are looking forward to being done with school. We're planning a road trip uh, up the coast of California to Frisco and different things for July. Uh, and yeah, uh-huh. Uh -huh. Done with road school? Trip. Your kids are still in school? They're still in school. Micah, this is his last <laughs> week and Jeremiah goes until the end of next week. So, California sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but when you go back to the beginning of August, then then I'll go. Ha, we, we still we still have some time, but yeah, no, California does. But uh, no, things are <laughs> things are going well. I mean, the common cold's been going around the house. I fortunately haven't cotton it. Cotton that was really good. Yeah, I haven't cotton or polyestered it yet. Um, but uh, um, but yeah, so things are going well, um, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, tomorrow is, is a, a, a milestone day in our household where I'm going to have to count the number of, of grays because um, I'm going to probably walk slower and, and, you know, being older another year is, is just, you know, another day for me. But Aaron and the boys are going to have fun with that one. Oh, so it's your wife's birthday tomorrow? Yes. <laughs> no, that's in March. 
but yeah, so they, they kicked me out of the house today, and I came back evidently earlier than I was supposed to. So they said, um, get back out of the house. We're not done. And so I came out here to the studio. Okay. Well, happy freaking birthday. Thanks. Tomorrow. Yes. Well, Tomorrow, three days ago. <laughs> oh, was it three days ago? Well, by the time this plays. Yeah. I don't care about when this plays. I care about when we're recording it. And happy yeah. birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday in an hour. There we go. Yeah, so the boys are going to have fun tomorrow. And they're like, cool. oh, do you want this? Do you want that? And I was like, you guys just decide and do it. And Aaron's like, but it's your day. You decide. And I was like, ah, it's it's just a day. Yeah, it's the day that I was born. But it, when you get to 39, it's just a day. Yeah. When you get to 39, stop it. Uh. <laughs> You've only got a few years on me. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, things things are good overall. Um, I'm learning a lot about my back and what's been going on with it, which is good. Um, had some pretty uncomfortable days this, you know, this week. But, um, but you know, God's getting me through it, and God's been blessing and providing for us, so I really can't complain. What about you? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm happy to be home. And yeah. uh, very happy to be home. Been dealing with some uh, some fun stuff with the family. Um, obviously, we had my, my daughter, obviously. Uh, we had my daughter's graduation party this last Friday, which was really cool. Uh, she actually graduated early back in December, and we're just now doing the party for it. Mm-hmm. So, yay, parents of the year. Um, and <clears throat> then we, we've had some interesting conversations with the family, and some big things have come up uh, with my oldest daughter. Mm-hmm. And um, you, it's 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 been it's been uh, a unique experience that I didn't know, I didn't really think I would have to handle as a father, uh, and didn't know how I would handle it as a father. And I mm-hmm. gotta say, I'm actually really proud of myself for the way that I handled it as a father and as a husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a couple things I said to my wife that were pretty challenging, and quite frankly, pissed her off. Um, but I have a tendency to do that because I'm very black and white and direct mm-hmm. and, uh, there's just, things are just clear to me. Um, and there's just no way around that. And so there was a moment when I had to be pretty direct. Um, and I was just really happy that, that, to see, you know, it's in those moments that like I can, you can sit there and you can battle yourself and say, this is stupid and this is frustrating and, and everything's crap and all, and you can focus on the negative. Uh, for me, I chose to see the positivity in it and the excitement and the growth that's happened in our relationship, the excitement and the growth of what's happened within me and the changes within um, were pretty just eye-opening um, for me. So it's in the midst of this, what could have been a potentially, and I, trust me, every bone in my body when she walked away from what I said to her, wanted to get up and chase her down like I had in the past and continue to say what I needed to say, but I just let it go. Uh, listen to Elsa and um, <laughs> let it go. And then I had to talk with my daughter and I said, you two need to work this out. I'm done. You two need to go have a talk and encourage her to go down there. And I said, listen, your mom wants to punch you in the face. She's going to punch you in the face. You made the decisions that put you to where you are right now, but dragging it out longer is not going to make it any better. So go down there, take your licks let your mom yell at you. She's mad. She's hurt. There's a lot of pain. You let her get past that anger so that she can get to the pain and you guys can work through this together. And it doesn't mean you guys have to agree with each other or have an understanding. It just means that, that 
you guys got this out of the way and we can free up our household again from the stress that's within the house. Yeah. And they did. And I stayed my butt in the chair down the hall. Um, <laughs> I did not go into that room. <laughs> uh, and I think it was like, a, like, it seemed like four days later, but I think it was like 45 minutes, an hour later, I walked in the room and I just said, um, I'm just checking, make sure everybody's still alive. <laughs> and it was towards the tail end of the conversation. And um, so then I sat down and talked to my wife um, and we had, a, we had a really good conversation and we don't necessarily agree with each other, but we don't always need to. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we understand. Yeah. And I was able to come from a point of where my hurt and my pain was in this scenario. And I let her know, I said, you know, I, I'm handling it. I'm having to set that aside because our daughter is 18. So our choice right now is we can continue to push and potentially push her away, or we can say she's making these decisions. We need to let her know that these decisions are not appropriate and continue to support her. I said, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, she's still here at home. She's still our child and it could have been much worse. Here's where we're at. And we need to be supportive of that. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and I told her where I was coming from, that the things that her decisions not my wife's, but my, my daughter's, my oldest daughter's decisions, mm-hmm. what moments that took away from me, because mm-hmm. the biggest thing was the moment that it took away from my wife. And, and so I, I, I told her, I said, these are the moments that it's taken away from me as a father and helped her to understand my perspective. And she goes, I didn't even think of that because hmm. she was so focused on the right now that it was not thinking about the longer term and what this is taking away and how that's changed. Or had she continued down the same path, what it would have taken away. Right. So why do I see the positivity and the negativity right now is because we are stopping that train. We're derailing that train. We're sending it down a different path. And that other path is is a good path. And we are going to, we're going to lose track every once in a while. But we've got to mm-hmm. be there to get each other on track and help each other along. Um and I, and I told her, I said, you know, and I talked to my daughter and it's, it's, I shared in the devotional today about, um, honesty and integrity and, and just how much that means to me. Mm-hmm. We've always been open as a family, a hundred percent. My daughter knows yep. everything that I've done to hurt my wife. My, you know, we, we've always been a hundred percent open. And, um, the verse hit me today, which was the, uh, first John one, uh, eight, uh, what is it? Eight through 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive uh, will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Mm-hmm. Like that, I, I don't know, what did I write? Five paragraphs today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My devotional on this, it was not a short... Uh, response to devotional because integrity me integrity and honesty and openness are such big things to me yep it's so big to me and i i i don't claim to not sin i know i'm a sinner mm-hmm. i know that happens because if i claim to be a sinner then that makes him a liar if you claim to not be a sinner correct yeah yeah so if i say that i never sin that makes god a liar that doesn't sit well with me. And it's completely against who God is. Correct. 
So I just I was reading this today and it's like holy crap, dude. Just like <laughs> if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah. And I love how like this says like to me it says it doesn't say we deceive God, we deceive ourselves. Yep. Yes, like, and the going to a different verse the truth will set you free so do you want to be a lie where god isn't favoring you and isn't in it and is the complete opposite of what god is or do you want the truth to set you free regardless of whatever hurt pain gut checks and oh i need to improve things need to take place yeah and here it says god is the light god is light in him there is no darkness at all if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. Yep. Well, and, <laughs> and you look at, and you look at the live out Ooh. the truth, then it goes to Jesus saying, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me." So you could replace the "we don't live out the truth" to "we don't live out being like Christ." We don't live yeah. out being Christians. We don't live out showing other people who Christ is and how he is. So you can look at it and go, okay, then, then we don't have the truth. Okay, we're a liar. No, 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 it's much, much heavier than that. It's okay if we claim to be a Christian, but then, you know, we're doing these things or we're saying this or, you know, all those different things that the verses we're talking about, then technically we don't have Christ because if we had Christ, we would understand that those are fallacies. Well, and what does it say here at 7? But if we walk in the light, as he is the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Yep. So, and that, that's that's verse 7. So it's interesting because on verse 8 it goes in to say, you know, where if we claim to be without sin, um, but we have been purified from all sin. So why would you claim to be free from all sin when you know that you are a sinner that has been purified? Mm-hmm. Yep, sanctified, set apart. Yeah. What makes you so great that you're not a sinner? And what makes you so great that you can lie? So it's like, why why do we continue to lie to ourselves? Why do we continue to go down this road? Why do we lie to each other? Because it's easier to try and fake it than to admit the real truth and go, oh, I don't like this about me. But is it really? In our heads, the world <laughs> and other people and Christians every day think it is look at the kid did you take the cookie little johnny no you have chocolate chips smeared on your face i didn't take the cookie though yeah but you have it on you you have the evidence of it no it's easier for because sin entered the world it's easier for us to think it's we'll just get by with a lie because it'll be okay and nobody will notice well you, you fool people and the truth will come out and, and the truth will come out, it will be brought to light, and then you'll have to face the music and go, yeah, no, I, I was lying. Oh, shoot, I said I wasn't a liar. I guess now I'm a liar. And yes, there's the whole church thing of, you know, raise your hands if you're not a liar. Oh, you, you raise your hand, you're a liar. You know, you're wrong, you're a liar, so now you are a liar. Ha ha, you're in that category. But yeah, I mean, it, it, there, there are sections like that in the Bible 
where going through, you have to go through and read it like three, four, five times and go, wait, what does all this really mean? Because if you just breeze over it, it's just words. But when you really pay attention to what those words mean, they carry a whole lot more weight and you're going, okay, this is, this is much more significant to the Christian life than just words on a paper. Well, and in the famous words of George Bush, Matt, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, never be fooled again. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's really what it comes down to, right? It's like we think yeah. that we can fool each other, and we can. Listen, I could pull the wool over your eyes any day of the week. You could pull the wool over my eyes any day of the week, but can you pull the wool over the eyes of, of the Lord? The one that knows every outcome of every decision that you may ever make. And you have the freedom of the decisions, but he knows the outcome and the path that's going to send you on. And knows that you're going to try and pull the wool over his eyes and go, <laughs> wait, my child, till you learn this lesson. Yeah, hold my beer. Watch this. Um, yep. it, and oh, I'm sorry, hold my wine. Sorry, God. Uh, <laughs> hold my water. That's not water, God. Oh, Woo. my bad. Um, but I, I think that's, I think it's so interesting. I think it's so important to understand that just because you can fool the people that are around you and your friends and your family and, and all those people, and you can psych them out for a period of time, even they find out, even they discover, even that gets found out. And sometimes it's a change in your mood and a change in your attitude that people say, why is this different? And eventually mm-hmm. you come clean because the guilt just drives you nuts. And maybe you're one of the people that just doesn't. And you just live with that guilt and you wonder why your life is an absolute hell on a consistent and constant basis. Well, it's because you don't live in the truth. Yep. How can you pro- proclaim to be a follower of Christ and live in a constant lie? You like that, that to me just doesn't compute. That doesn't mean that you don't lie. It doesn't mean that you don't sin. It doesn't mean that, the, you know, the, yes, we are, we all fall short of the glory of God. However, don't live in a constant lie. Mm-hmm. Be aware of what's going on. And are you surrounding yourself with people that are challenging you to be better? With people that are showing you who your character is on the outside that you don't even see because you've lived your own lie for so long and you've deceived yourself for so long that you can't even see the character that you portray. Yes. Well, and Are you one living person... around those people? Yeah, and one person uh, in our group even shared that it's it's a relief when when the truth and the honesty, you know, can come out. It's a relief that you're not carrying the weight, the burden of trying to uphold that lie, uphold that facade, and do all of that. Um, you know, it, it it is freeing. It is liberating. It is oh, I don't have to carry that burden anymore. Well, you put the burden on yourself. Well, yeah. So let me go back to the example of my daughter and what I was talking about, and all the stress and the stuff that's been put in our in our fam- in our household. Which, listen, I, I'm going to be honest, man. It's it, comparatively to what I put my parents through, like this. And I told my wife this. I said, "This is nothing. Like this is absolutely nothing." I can almost giggle at this because it's a tickle compared to what I put my parents through. Yeah. And yet, it hurts us so much because we've worked my wife and I have worked so hard to overcome the drama that I brought into the household and then to overcome the drama that she brought in. And we've, we've worked so hard to raise our children in a way that we have been shown that they need to be raised. Right. And to overcome ourselves to let Christ in. And then there, here comes this drama and it's like, what the crap. And so we're seeing, we've seen the change in her attitude and we even called it out before we, knew the truth Mm -hmm. we knew the truth 
Yeah. And then the truth came out. And now I got to tell you, the attitude, I was watching my older daughter and my younger daughter sitting on the couch laughing about stuff just the other day after this whole thing came out and after all the conversation. Because I refuse to stay mad at her. I realize she's 18 and she made a choice and it's a poor one. But if I stay mad, that doesn't help anything. I've got to be there to help work through and get to the next point so that we don't make this decision again. But I'm watching Mm -hmm. her and her younger daughter sit there and laugh and and cry. And I literally looked at my older daughter and I said, I miss this. Hmm. This is the Mania that I absolutely love to see in this family. Yeah. This is the Mania that we've missed. Do you see how the truth sets you free? Yeah. And, dude, the tears. Oh, Hmm. the tears. Well, and the last so thing that you ever want to do. Oh, absolutely. Because it's it, it's it's restoration, it's grace extended. Because uh, the last thing that, as any parent, we should ever do to our child when the truth comes out, when they fess up, when they, you know, share what's really been going on, is for them to feel like every time they cross us in a hallway or see us as parents, that we're going to bring it back up or they're going to go right back to that spot of feeling guilty and feeling like, oh, man they're they're still holding it over my head no that's if if we do that as parents we are setting up our children to have this this fear of telling the truth and wondering if it's easier to uphold the lie and keep it going because the judgment after in many ways carries more wounds with it or or inflicts more wounds with it well yeah my wife said she goes i i don't know if i can trust her and i said you don't have a choice She's 18. You don't have a choice. Yeah. Like when she's 12 or 13 or 14 or whatever, you know, when she's underage and she can't run away from home legally, you can't, you can actually force her to stay home. Like that's a little different scenario, but here you don't have a choice. So why remain in that zone when there's a moment that we need to be supported? Now there's a difference between supportive and coddling. Because I got accused of coddling, and I said, that's not what's happening here. Let me be, be very, very clear. Because I was also very firm with her about some decisions that need to be made going forward. Mm-hmm. And those decisions are going to be made because I will make sure that they are made. However, um, so I'm very firm in those moments. But that doesn't mean that every time I go down the hall, I have to go, you know, blah, 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 and get all mad. Every night, hey, baby girl, I'm so proud of you that you're still home thank you for being home thank you for listening to us thank you for being open i love you so much have a good night Mm -hmm. why not reinforce and i'm not saying my wife is wrong like she had every right and she still has every right to feel the way she does every single freaking right but i know that i want to validate the positivity in my daughter versus validate the negativity or continue to rehash the negativity the decision yes. has been made. Let's move forward. Let's make proper decisions going forward. Now, that if you go, I'm not doing that, and I know that that's what needs to be done, guess what? I'm going to be on you again. Mm-hmm. If I start seeing a shift in the attitude again, guess what? I know you're lying to me again. Yep. So let's just let's just go let's just go the honesty route from this point forward. Let's not hide from each other because this is a lot worse than what it needed to be. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I had a conversation with Micah this past week. Aaron and I both did. It wasn't uh, you're in trouble, but we were just talking. 
and he was going through a frustrating, you know, situation that went went on at home, and you know, he got in trouble a little bit. But we were past the part where it was like, hey, you know what you did wrong. Let's make a better decision next time. Um, you know what? I mean, my line that he. He says he can't stand it, but as I told him tonight when I tucked him into bed, uh, I said, you, this will be the phrase that you will tell your kids. like, oh, yeah, Grandpa always said this to me. And guess what? He was right, is your decision determines the outcome. In a situation, whatever your decision is will determine the outcome. And you need to be able to understand that you have a positive decision to make or a negative decision to make. And both of them will affect the outcome. And, he, and I said, you know, in the conversation Aaron and I were having with him, it was like, you know, but Micah, we, we know you that well. We, we, we know you better than you know yourself. And he goes, he goes, why do you think that? And I said, well, sweetie, we've known you since you were born, and we know things about you that you don't know about yourself. And with you being 10 years old, we as your parents should know you that well. And in many ways, you are predictable to us. But that's a good thing because it shows that we know you. It doesn't mean that, oh, we can read your mind and we know everything that's going on, but it's what God does in parents to allow them to try and give warning or caution or encourage and enhance what decisions their children are going to make or what they've already made and be able to coach them, counsel them, and love them through them, whatever the decisions are. And he goes, I just don't understand how you, how you know me that well. And I said, it's the way God designed parents and it's the way that God knows us that well. And he, he stopped and he goes... God does know everything about us, huh? And I said, yeah, you're 100% correct. And he goes, and you're my parents, and God had you be my parents, so you do know more about me than I realized. And I said, now you're getting it. And it was beautiful to have that conversation and yeah. not have him get anxious and <clears throat> upset. Um, but yeah, as parents, like you were saying with Manaya, we can see those little you know, behavior changes or the little triggers here or the little you know, anxious thoughts or actions or you know, lashing out and go, okay, something's off. What's, what's the root cause of what's going on? And it's our job to biblically, lovingly, and appropriately handle them. them. Absolutely. Every single time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But love them, love them through it. And sometimes it's got to be tough love. Sometimes it has to be firm love so that they understand the severity of what they did, but know that at the end, you are still there to wrap them in your arms and go, nothing's going to change how much I love you. When I was, I just told my kids, I said, you know, why, why do we know so much about you? Because you're lucky to have two parents that love you. Amen. And that pay attention to you. Um, why do I know so much about you? Because I've done all this crap. Like I told both my daughters, I said, y'all screwed. You all are absolutely screwed because neither my wife or I lived the perfect life. I lived in the rich suburbs. She lived in the ghetto. Uh, you know, we, we both lived completely different lives. But with us combined, there really isn't much that we haven't experienced. Very yeah. little to almost nothing that we have not experienced between the two of us. Because we've both been through more in our short, my wife 21 years and me 41 years on this planet. Um, <laughs> well done. <laughs> that uh, Love you, babe. Uh, but we've both been through more than most. You know, I, did I sit down with a 75-year-old guy and he's just like, how old are you? And I, I think at the time I was like 32 and he's like, you've done more in your 32 years than I could imagine doing in the 75 that I've been on this planet. Yeah. And, and I told her, that's how we know. I said, there's a reason why God put me through all the crap that we've been through because uh, now I know. 
but we can pass it on to you and you have two parents that love you absolutely and adore you and pay attention to you that's why we know because yep. we know your hearts and we know who you yep. are so um we've gone a little bit over already we absolutely have yeah I, I just i don't want this conversation to end but there's so much so much more to cover on the next podcast absolutely there's a lot more to cover and um yeah, there's one topic that that you and I are going to cover in the future, and we're going to do it in a in a fun way, um, with with some with some fun some help from yeah, with some help from a couple of really good people. Uh, well, one really good person, one kind of so so, but you know, we'll, yeah, well, we'll, 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 it is what it is. We'll judge but, that um, at that moment. Yeah, exactly. But uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in and for checking out this episode and listening on the streaming platforms and on YouTube. If you have not already, make sure you click subscribe, ring that bell. Give us a big thumbs up and follow us on our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Down to the Nub. And if you want to support what we're doing here at Down to the Nub, we can you can support through patreon.com slash down to the nub. We can too. Yeah, we can too. That is true. Um, but thank you so much. We we just hope this time that uh, we were blessed to spend with you throughout your week, whatever you're doing right now, um, that, that we get to share a little bit of God's love, enjoy some good cigars, and uh, hopefully... Um, encourage you in your week whenever it is that you're listening to this. Thank you guys for being here. We love you all. Bye-bye. See ya.